Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you'd follow me on Twitter, and it's Thursday, March 10th. March 10th. We're still at we're still at, at minimum, at minimum, 35 days away from uh, MLB season. If there is an MLB season, but we got we got NBA, we got stuff, we got golf, we got golfers withdrawing after lock. If you have a Deki Matsuyama in your PGA lineups for the players, you might as well take your money and flush it down the toilet, or hope for a min cash with a five out of six. Uh, I didn't play PGA. I just I'm just looking on. Uh, Twitter and see that uh, that Hideki withdrew uh, during a delay, right? So I think the event was delayed, but it still locks in an X amount of time. So no one got to the T's yet. And then uh, Matsuyama said, "Ah, oh, my back hurts, and I'm done playing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not doing it." So, uh, so sorry to all the people that have have him in, in your your PGA lineups. I don't know how much he was owned, but enough owned that people were complaining on Twitter. So it's not like he was he was nothing owned. Uh, but uh, we got MMA coming up on on Saturday. We got we got we got stuff going on. Got a two game slate tonight, right? We went from a four to what twelve game slate yesterday that, that I didn't play because I didn't want to have to deal with it. I did all the start times. I, I I didn't feel like I don't like doing work on Wednesday Wednesday nights. I don't like doing it, so I just didn't play. Uh, and uh, and some of the chalk failed. Some of the chalk did the the, the Rockets. They did well. Right, because he had everyone out for them. Where Tate was out and Wood was out, so Sengun put up fifty points for fifty one hundred. You got Kenyon Martin, uh, Kevin Porter. They all did well, but Brandon Williams apparently didn't. Bagley didn't. Are these these teams that have blown out or something? I have no idea. Then Shy Gilgis Alexander, who has been crushing for a ten k, he's been overpriced. He did horribly, but his teammate Aaron Wiggins, he's the one that took all took all the points. That's what it looks like what happened last night. People played Alex Len and he only got six points for 3,000. Yeah, he had he, he hasn't played for like three weeks. But Damian Jones came in and, and played a whole ton. I think more people played Damian Jones than Alex Len. Who started? I thought Len started. I have no idea. Lindy Waters, I don't know who this guy is, but he was 11% owned and he didn't do that bad for 3,000. So, I mean, not what was going on yesterday, Slate. We got Devin in the YouTube chat. Feel free to give a give a thummy thumb, thummy thumbs here in the morning. First thing in through the door, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got we got what NHL grinders live later today. NHL if you're playing hockey, go check at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern. Right, play the hockey slate. Uh, it's only a two game slate tonight, so what we're doing is no NBA grinders live, but that will be free crunch time. So it'll be Kevin Roth, it'll be Andy Means, it'll be someone else. Right, I. I the rotating cast of characters uh, for uh, for what uh, forty five minutes or so, half an hour before uh, seven thirty lock. So that's six forty five, seven o'clock, some sometime around then. For uh, for the oh oh, we got the big game. We got the big game. The Nets and the Sixers, right? Is this like the first time that they're playing since that trade? Right, since uh, Harden. Hard. It's a revenge game. It's a revenge. How <laughs> Harden didn't play for the Nets for that long. Oh, it's a revenge game. It's a, okay, sure. The Simmons isn't going to play, right? We don't have Simmons in the projections, right? He's not playing, right? That that would that would be you know right. The Nets have Simmons and Harden's on the Sixers, and it's revenge central or something like that. Uh, so that's the game that we have tonight. We got the good mornings in the chat. Infamous talk, Suki Singh kicked kicked to the head, eighty eight. 
Does that mean he was kicked to the head 88 times? Probably was born in 88 or something, something like that, right? Typically when people put numbers like that, that's the year that they were born. All right, we got Trey here, money-making Mike. Out money, he's, he's, he's making money, apparently. Triple M, triple M in the chat. Matt Mears, double M, who's double M, right? We got Matt Mears and money-making Mike, Daniel Hutchins, who says huge slate today. Yeah, two games, huge slate. Uh, Trey says, I'm curious to see the Alex Len ownership from the better players less. So let's, let's take a look. Like I said, I didn't play last night, so I, it's hard for me to get the context. I was getting the, the updates and the alerts, and I was on Twitter. So I, I saw, I saw, you know, who was in, who was out, that type of stuff. But I, didn't, I wasn't looking at projections. I wasn't, I wasn't playing the slate or anything like that. Uh, so let's take a look. Compare exposures. So if we take a look for Alex Len. It seems like a mixed bag, right? We've got guys like JBC, three point, like barely any, RBX, barely any, but we still got like Petty Theft with 66, Oxen Duck with 49, Brick with 80, Ship My Money with 70, right? Chipotle Act only had 12, 34 for Royal Pain, right? Damien Jones, on the other hand, Damien Jones was higher owned, 24. Percent on Alex Lem was 14% on Damian Jones. Mo, so many didn't have, right? Yeah, RBX at 64 had the opposite. Who's the one that started? What, ha what happened yesterday with the Kings? So, was one guy originally projected well? Let's take a look. Let's, I don't, I don't like the NBA site. Let me go to the Google, the Google, the Google summaries. Okay, so we're looking for what this is yesterday. Yesterday's Kings game, right? Because uh, it was late, also. So like, let's see. Who did the Kings start? Oh, so Len started. Okay, but did did was it that Damien Jones was originally projected to start? So Alex Len started, and Damien Jones came in later. And me, too, even me too, played eighteen minutes. But it just seems weird to me that that. Alex Len would start and be twice as less owned than Damian Jones, unless the original projection as of lock, right? Because this game was on, this game was late. This is a later game, right? So I have to expect from these ownership numbers that Damian Jones was originally projected as the starter. And then, you know, at 930 or whatever, the King starting lineup came out and Alex Len was the starter. And that's the that's the reason for for so many people having Damian Jones and then not swapping off of him, and then people swapping on to Alex Len, especially when Damian Jones is thirty four hundred and Alex Len is three thousand. So it's very easy to do just a global replace on that or split it out or whatever. It's not that hard. That's what I that's what that's what I that's what I would think, right? Okay, Trey, we we have uh, we have uh, the, they're filling me in in the chat. Uh, Damian Jones was the assumed starter. Then Alex Len got an aim starter late. Okay, okay, that's what I think. And then Len kicked to the head 88, says Len started, but two fouls quick. So Jones was projected incredibly, right, when you expected him to start. Because Alex Len, right, because here we go. Yeah, the chat knows what they're doing. People assume Jones would start since Len hasn't played in, in years. In, well, I mean, he hasn't played in like three weeks or something. So people thought that, like, did Jones, I would assume in the projections, Jones was projected for probably 28, 30, 30, 32 minutes or something. 
something like that. And at 3,400 would project extremely well. Then once Len was announced as a starter, you have to bump that down. Now you have to, now you maybe Len plays 22 minutes or something, right? Maybe Davian Jones still plays more minutes, but Len is going to play substantial enough minutes that at his price and at his, uh, you know, the, the, the fantasy point per minute production, playing him for 3,000 for 22, 24 minutes or something was worth doing. Right. And Justice 360, they're chiming in. They're on, they're on top of it. If you watch the show, you're on top of it most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes we get new people or recurring characters that still that still have not have not gotten it yet. Right. Injustice 360 says Jones was a projected starter and Lennon was announced to start around 840 Eastern. Okay. Right. And so many games would have been locked by then. Right. Because it was like 7, 730, 8, 8:30, and it's 840, and then you're sitting there. Probably a lot of people were trying to get Len into their line. Right, and that's why you have, you know, Brick with 80% Alex Len. Or six and a petty theft, right, 66%. And I always, I was Travis, Travis Petty, petty theft. I, I mean, to me, from, from a, from a, yeah, like, like he, he literally swapped the whole thing. Right, he had zero Damian Jones, 66% Alex Len. So I think if you still played Len and he, and two quick fouls and, you know, downhill, that doesn't seem like you did anything wrong. If you did something wrong, a lot, of, a lot of the sharpest players in the lobby did something wrong as well at the same time. So that's all you could compare it to. That's why, like Brandon Williams. It's like, oh, well, Brandon Williams didn't do very well, right? Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like sharper players didn't play him or anything, right? That's what you're looking for. Looking for stuff, it's like you know, oh, Jalen Green did well, but not many. You know, Jalen Green wasn't that owned across the board, wasn't that exposed to, right? Corey Joseph, some people had zero, some people had 22 percent. I mean, like, that's what I consider a mixed bag, right? Cameron Payne, not many, not 15 percent for a hubro, 10 percent for JBC, but for the most part, like, barely any, right? The Aaron Fox. Yeah, some at 22% for Royal Payne, but pretty much like nothing across here. Take a look at Terry Rozier, right? Say 6% owned, but like, look, look how look how not exposed anyone was. If you, if you were like, I'm going to play 70% of Terry Rozier in 100 lineups. And then you look and you see 0, 0, 0, 0, 4, 1.3. Most probably screwed up. Most probably did something wrong. So that's why that's why looking at you know oh well what did what did the sharper players do with Alex Len when he was announced as a starter? What did they do with Damian Jones? Well, take a look. Go through Results TV, RotoGrinders.com/slash/ResultsDB. It's free. You don't even have to be a premium member. You can go there and you can look up anything: NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, golf, NASCAR, MMA. They just added MMA. I want to take a look here. I haven't, I haven't looked at this. Okay, so they add, they added a bunch of stuff for DraftKings, MMA, right? I could look over here, right? right Colby Covington, Raphael DeSandros, yeah, they both scored a ton of points. I don't necessarily always have to look at, uh, at, at results DB for this. I download the CSV and I analyze the uniques myself. So it's not like I have to look at any of this, but, but it's nice that we got MMA now. We got NASCAR, golf, we got uh, other sports. In results TV. 
We're still adding and improving here at Roto Grinders, the stuff to result TV. More contests, right? Because there's like four contests in here. We'll be adding more of those. We'll be adding a little bit more, some more features. So watch out for it. Kick to the head, 88 said Bagley was the biggest bust. Lots of people went all in on him. Well, let's take a look at that. Take a look at where, where's, where's Bagley? Bagley. Well, Chipotle added a Royal Payne at zero, but I mean, no one, like, yeah, shit, my money went 100% back. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's not going to work. It's still not like insane. I mean, outside of him on my, on my list, he was 43% owned. Most, Brickwood 40, Hubro 40, but like, not like, not slant, like Sangoon, like sharp players practically slammed. Right, he was fifty-one percent owned, and these exposures are way high: 92, 82, 81, 98. With Tate, with it's not just Wood was out; Tate was out as well. So they had like, well, who, who's in the front court for them? Like nothing. Sengun's going to have to play a ton. But that was the only like jam him in, but Bagley, I mean, the field jammed him in: forty-three percent owned. It's not. It's not like it was, it's not like people didn't. Sharper players didn't go all in on that as much. I mean, it had ton, still plenty of it, but not ridiculous amount. Okay, today we have a two-game slate. I can't. That, the, the, the thing about a two-game slate, there can't be that much news, right? There's only four teams playing. The downside is it's only a two-game slate. Maybe we could talk a little bit about it because how much news could there possibly be, right? Bones Highland, Jeff Green, and Will Barton are questionable. So basically, so basically, the first game starts at seven thirty Eastern, and then two and a half later, half, half hours later, uh, the Nuggets game, and we may not even know this information until nine. So it's still going to be a pain in the ass, right? With Highland, Green, and Barton. They're all out. What what do you do? Right? Because then, then you upgrade, but J. Michael Green and and who? Davon Reed or some who knows. But basically it's a it's the it's Jokic, it's Embiid, it's Harden. That's the slate. So it's not much. That's not, I mean, how much you can talk about on a two-game slate. Even even if there are, isn't gonna be that much news well like i mean i'll answer questions in the youtube chat i could do that you have to do your part that's what i do in the morning talk about dfs strategy that's what we did mostly yesterday right didn't talk about a 12 game slate with the 17 million moving pieces no and daniel hutchings says uh how much news can there be famous last words right how i mean but the problem is most of the news is for the second game, right? Are we expecting like Kyrie to sit or, I mean, or Phil, you're right. I say this and you go, do you expect whatever? And next thing you know, Kevin Durant is, 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 is ruled out, right? Next thing you know, Joel Embiid isn't going to play, right? And then it changes everything. Even Devin's in the chat. Thank goodness Blender doesn't have the wield the mush power that Dean has. Right. I typically it doesn't it doesn't work out. When I say things like that, it typically just happens. 
Dean, he said, you know, how much news can there be? And next thing you know, 17 players are out today, three minutes before a lock. Dean can make that happen. Good thing Dean's, that Dean's not on today, right? We're doing crunch time. We're not doing NBA grinders live. So Dean can't mush it. You play NHL today, right? 13 games slate for NHL? Jeez, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. But I can't really talk that much about uh, NHL. I can't uh, that much. I really can't talk much at all about NHL. I've, I've never played NHL DFS. You play lines. That's all I know, right? You stack lines from teams. They, that's it. And goalies, it just you, you close your eyes and hope for the best. Very similar to soccer when it comes to goalies, right? Either they get a shutout or they get 700 saves. It's, it, and sometimes the, the guy that gives up five goals is the highest scoring goalie on the entire slate. Gives them five goals, 12 saves. Next to you know that they're sitting there with 14 points and they're the highest score, even though they've given up everything. I didn't do my MMA sheet yet for, for Saturday. 14 fights as of now. You have to assume some one one of them is going to get someone's going to miss weight or something, maybe get, get scrapped, but it should be a, a, a good card. I haven't put together my spreadsheet yet, so I can't I can't really even talk about MMA. But uh, but programming note, by the way, I, I will not be here tomorrow, right? People are like, oh well, you can talk about MMA tomorrow. We got a soccer slate today. Wait, we got that today. Not much on Saturday. But tomorrow, I will not be here. You will not see a thumbnail on YouTube. Right? You won't see a tweet from me. I will not be here tomorrow. I have a dentist appointment. So I can't make it. And I have a dentist. I have a dentist now. My, my regular dentist retired, okay? She, had, she was sick of me, I guess. Uh, so she retired. So she referred all of her patients to this other dentist, okay? And this other dentist... The office is open at like like seven in the morning till two. Like, so like they go home at two o'clock, the office closes. So it's like, who goes to, who goes? To, I, I mean, I guess people go to the dentist before they go to work. Normal people, seven in the morning appointments. I don't know. It's not me. I ain't getting up that early to go to the dentist. All right. But the problem is, is that there's a lot of people that don't want to go in at seven o'clock in the morning also. So they make, 12 o'clock, one o'clock appointments. So if I try to make, I, I go like, okay, I'll make, I'll make, a, do you have any one o'clocks, right? 1230s, right? I could do this show. I could get to the, I could get to the dentist. And it's like, oh, our next, tw- any of the, our next uh, date with the uh, appointment time noon or, or higher is like mid-April. And this is like three weeks ago already. Like, I'm like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> you have nothing? You have nothing at all. Nope, nothing at all. So, but we could we could have a, have a we could do it like 10 a.m., 10, 11 a.m. It's like, yeah, but I do this show. But it's like either do it, do I wait, do I wait uh, two and a half, two months for a dentist appointment? Or do I take an appointment, you know, three weeks from now and just have to take the day off whatever? So I'm taking the day off. Daniel Hutchins says, went to the dentist on Monday for a 7 a.m. appointment, and it turns out it was a Tuesday appointment. How do you do that? How do you screw that? How do you screw the days up? Yeah, you get up early on seven and then you go, you get up early, you go there and you go, no, your appointment's tomorrow. So now you have to do the same thing again. JD Bray says, how you can show how to use the aggregate projections tool. 
Well, I don't have other projections to load in, so that'll be hard to do. So all you do is you upload, right? You upload projections with here. And this choose file, right? You upload your CSV that needs the right headers, right? So FPTS, name, right? Name of the player. FPTS is the median fantasy point projection and proj underscore own is the ownership column. So whatever, wherever you get projections, if you're building your own or whatever, those are the three columns that you need, right? So you upload them. And then when they're, when they're in here, right, you could obviously switch between them if you want. And if you want, and if you don't want to do that, you could weight them differently, right? So if I had, so let me, let me, I'll show you. I'm going to do this off screen just to, so I have to grab, I, I have to grab another projection set and I uh, don't necessarily want to necessarily, well, where am I getting that projection set? Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to do, I'll do it, do it off screen. Oh, uh, let's see. Can I, can I grab a CSV of this? Okay, let me, let me, uh, I want to do this the easiest way. I'll, I'll go for, I'll go to another place. I'm just going to other places, trying to, trying to, trying to do it the easiest way, just to show you. So let's see, DraftKings NBA projections. I mean, I don't know how accurate this is. I don't even know how accurate this is. Got the injury report here. NBA projections. It has the, does it have the ownership? And yes, it has the ownership in here. Get this in as a CSV. Save that. Okay, so now I'm going to bring it in. I think I have to. Okay, hold on. I have to. I have to open it up in Excel and change the change the change the headers. I've never shown because I've never shown really this before, right? Okay, this this isn't good. I only got. I only have the Denver guys in here. Why do I only have the Denver guys in here? Let's, let's do it. Let's just show it with the Denver guys, I guess. So let me, I mean, I'm doing this only as an example to begin with. So it doesn't matter that not all the players are in. So I'm going to proj own, set the headers correctly, save that. Now upload this. Where's, where's this DK NBA projections, right? I'm going to use, I'm going to turn my custom projection. I'm just going to use the default, right? So I could use for fantasy points. I could use for projected ownership. I could use for both, right? So I'm going to use it for both, right? So here, like I said, the, the only thing that was in there was the, the, the Denver players, right? So that's all I got. Right, but it's here you go. Here's the ownership, and that's the only ownership people that I got in it. Now, let's say I want to use the if I go back, right, I could switch projections and ownership on both of these selectors. So, let's say I want to go to the RG ownership projections. So, there, so now you see here's my custom projections. And here's the RG ownership projections. I could do the opposite. I could do 
go back to the RG premium NBA projections and then use the ownership projections from the other sweeps, which only have which only have these four guys, I think. Right? So that's that's what you would do. Now, if we go here, we could also aggregate them. So we have those two projection sources. You could put a weight on ownership. You could put a weight on median fantasy projection of whatever you want. Different. I mean, 50-50 would be even, right? But like on, on ownership, maybe. Now you could do, oh, I want uh, NBA premium projections. There's that this have a much higher. Like I want to weight the ownership on here, but I want the, the fantasy points to be equal, right? W whatever you want to do, right? So if you don't want it to be just equal, an even aggregate, you could, whatever percentage you want. You're like, well, I, I trust this model a little bit more than that model. Okay, well, then weight it higher. So if we did a perfect aggregate, 50-50, you do that in the weights section. And you could bring in multiple, multiple projection sources, up to five. And then you save the projection set. And the default is my aggregate projections, but you can call it anything you want. Right? So you save the projection set. Right? Now you have my aggregate projections here. So it's like, okay, I'm going to use that for both. And there you go. Obviously, obviously, the non-Denver players, they have no projection to go against, right? So we look here. So Embiid, it's like, well, one source is 60. The other source doesn't have anything. So it doesn't count. But like the Jokic projection, for instance, if we see here, like we go by Jokic, right? Go the premium projections. Our RG projections have Jokic at sixty-two point seven five. That other source has him at fifty-nine point four. So the aggregate of those two, sixty point one seven. Right. Obviously, it's only affecting the Denver players because the source that I brought in only had those those things in now currently. And also in those sources, you could put in you could put in the minute column as long as you as long as it's all matched up here. You could if you want. Doesn't really matter the floor, the ceiling. If those things are in there, just make sure the headers are named correctly for lineup HQ. You could still put them in. You can't aggregate by floor. You can't aggregate by ceiling. You'd only aggregate by median fantasy points and projected ownership. But you could use this tool. You don't have to use Excel. You don't have to start merging data and you know v lookups and whatever you could pretty much do it kind of in a blunt way you download csvs from other sources your own source maybe you make your own or maybe you maybe you're like oh i i want to just i want to use the rg projections but i want you know i have four other sources for projected owners i want to aggregate that so okay you could do that this is a new feature. This has only been live for maybe maybe two weeks to aggregate the ownership and the and the fantasy points together.
Grant Brown asks, uh, how early is too early for MMA builds? I think I could do it Saturday morning and be unique, provided no day of scratches. I would say too early is probably, I, I would do it after weigh-ins. Probably a little bit later in the day after weigh-ins. Only because the betting lines will move. I mean, you could, never, it's never too early for MMA builds. I mean, you can build whenever the hell you want. But as far as if you're, if you're using betting lines in order to make your decisions, you want as close to the closing line as possible. Because you're not betting on the sport. You're just using that to guide your, 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 your lineup instructions. So like a guy, a guy that it, on, on Tuesday is plus 200 inside the distance, maybe by Saturday afternoon is plus 120. Some, a lot of money is shifted in, in his direction or something. And it could be, oh, the other, uh, it's a replacement fighter. He missed weight by three pounds. Like, you know, you, that's why like the weigh-ins are really seeing how the betting lines are being affected by the weigh-ins. Then like, that's why, like, that's why I haven't put together my sheet. yet. And typically I, I, maybe I'll pull odds on Tuesdays and just leave them in there or whatever. But it's like, no, I want to, I want to wait. I want to wait until as much of the information is in. And pretty much after once the weigh-ins are in and all the fights are on, you know, that they're, they're, you know, no one's canceled. Like you're not gonna get much information between that and, and and fight night, pretty much. Unless some weird stuff happens on Twitter or whatever. That that's what I would do. Uncrabby Cabby. Hey Jordan, do you use the range of outcome slider to get the diversification in your lineups? Yes, you can. And can you explain how it affects the standard deviation of the player's projection? It doesn't affect the standard deviation of the player's projection. The floors and the ceilings of, of the players are different from each other. So if you use true range randomness, right, right there, it'll go along with the standard deviation of the player already. But that, 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 the standard deviation of a player isn't going to be affected at all. It's not going to change. You could get diversification in your lineups in 17 trillion ways. Is there a correct way to diversify? No. There's literally no correct way to diversify. I'm going to play 150 diversified horrible lineups. So it doesn't matter how diversified I am. I Am I diversified a lot or a little? doesn't matter. All the lineups suck. So who cares if they're diversified? You can play 150 lineups that are very not diversified at all, but extremely good. That can be high variance, but they're going to be profitable. The lineups matter. Once you start understanding, once you start getting that the only thing that matters is lineups, individual lineups, specific lineups, then you'll get good at DFS. The players don't matter. The lineups matter. Well, I'm playing 20 lineups. How much of a player play? Well, what exact 20 lineups are you playing? Well, I'm playing 50%. I don't care about what your, what your diversification is. What does your lineups look like? I'm playing 50% of this player. Yeah, okay, so you're playing them in 10 lineups. What happens if those 10 lineups are awful lineups? Who cares that you're playing 50% of them? 
I'm playing t- I'm playing 50% of a player that has 10% owned. I'm five times the field. So if he does well, I'm probably going to do really well. No, that, that's that's not true. Those 50, oh yeah, that guy did well, but I have him with seven horrible players. My lineups project 74 points below average. Like, so it doesn't matter that you're 50% of a guy. It doesn't matter. That's why people add, anyone asking questions about an optimizer doesn't understand how to play DFS. My suggestion, my said, this is my legitimate suggestion. And people don't, I suggest it and, and literally no one's done it. No one does it because people are stupid and impatient. The best players have done it, but no one, no one wants to actually do the work. I would suggest you hand build your lineups for a minimum of two full years before you ever touch any type of tool like lineup HQ. Now you could view lineup HQ. You could view, oh, I want to view the projections, right? You do that so you could see what the numbers are, right? You go, you go to the ownership and whatever, and then use this to build and the hand, hand build, hand build the lineups. You can play large field GPPs. You can play whatever the hell you want. Build one lineup, build two lineups, be three lineups, build 20. That's what I used to do. I did that for two or three years before I touched a tool like this. I would play NBA and I was like, I'm going to build 12 lineups, right? 15 lineups, eight lineups, whatever, whatever it is. Sometimes I'd build 20. Yeah, sometimes. Really, It's a time efficiency thing. I'd love to build a hundred, but I can't hand build a hundred. It'll take me too long. And you can, some people still do that. Then once you hand build, you learn, you learn these concepts. What does a good lineup look like? Well, if I'm going to play Embiid and I'm going to play this, you know, what's the projection of the lineup that I'm building? What's the ownership of the lineup that I'm building? What positions are scarce, Right. Well, I got to play a small forward here because if I pay up there, then I got to pay down here. And I'm already playing these three high-owned players. So now I can't play this fourth high-owned player because I need leverage, whatever. You learn all of that because you're actually doing it manually. So you're plugging in. You're going, well, if I'm going to play this guy, then I'm going to play the guy from the other side of the game, right? In MLB, you're like, I'm going to stack... How should, what five players should I stack from this team? Well, I'm going to stack X, Y, Z. I'm going to take the shortstop, even though he's batting ninth, because shortstop is a weak position. And then I could stack this other team in the other three spots easier and then play this pitcher. Like doing that by hand, doing it manually, hand building, you learn the concepts of projection, leverage, correlation, positional scarcity line of construction, salary constraints. You learn all of that because you're doing it manually. Okay? And once you do that over and over again, you're playing multiple sports. You're playing every day. You're building 10 lineups, 15 lineups. Does this have enough projection? Does this have enough leverage? Does this have enough correlation? Depending on the lineup, depending on the sport. You learn all those concepts, then next thing, what? then you actually start winning money, right? Right? I won $100,000 in NBA making hand building four lineups. 
No optimizer, no nothing. I Yes, I looked at the projections, but I didn't like, I didn't give me four lineups. I didn't pl- plug that in. Right, an NBA. MLB, my first $20,000 win. I was hand-building 12 lineups. Right, you, you, you'll win money. You'll, st- you'll still have, because you'll, you're, you're going to be building good lineups that have the right combination of projection, leverage, and correlation. Depending on the, depending on the sport, right? Correlation not as not as important in NBA. So once you do that, and oh, I'm building good lineups. You're comparing those lineups to other sharp players. Going, oh, my lineups look very similar to their lineups. They're playing 150 lineups. I'm only playing five, but my five lineups look very pretty damn similar to their to a lot of some of their lineups in their 150. So I must be on the I must be on the right track. And maybe once in a while you do, you get a top 10 finish or something in a large field GPP. And you're like, okay, and you're making money. Maybe you bink, maybe you bink for a hundred thousand. Maybe you do. Now it comes down to now that you've learned how to build good lineups by hand manually. Now it's like, well, how do I scale this? If I could build 10 good lineups, if I could build 20 good lineups, I'd love to be able to build 50, 70, 100, 150. Well, how do I do that by hand and not, you know, spend all day doing that? A tool like Lineup HQ. So now you learn, okay, how do I get this tool to make more of the lineups that I was handling? So that so it's not about like, I don't know, I don't know what lineups look like. I don't know what good lineups look like. I'm just gonna plug in numbers into a into a tool and have it spit out good lineups it doesn't work that way like saying that's like oh okay i want to build a book bookcase. i have this hammer and nails and what now and like so so what so what do i do it's like well i don't know what type of bookcase you're building i don't know like you still have to build it these are tools that's all it is it's all this is is a calculator like i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna purchase a calculator and then I'm going to tell the calculator, do my taxes. That's what, pe- that's what people are asking when they say, well, what are the, what are the right settings? You're essentially t- telling the calculator, oh, that, so what, what numbers should I put in for my taxes? The calculator is going to look back at you and go, well, I don't know your income. I don't know your 1099. I don't know any of this stuff. All I'm here is to do the math for you. You have to put in the numbers. You have to put in what you're going to be using the, the calculator for. So that's what, that's what, that's what a, tool like an optimizer is. Well, I'm building, I think this eight player lineup is good. Okay, great. Now go to the second one. What you should be doing as practice, this is after you've hand built for two full years, two full years, you've played two entire NBA seasons. You've played two entire MLB seasons. You've played two entire NFL seasons. Then after that, and now you're profitable. You should you should be profitable if you're building good lineups. After that, then you're like, okay, these 20 lineups that I've been hand building, I'm going to build 20 lineups by hand like I normally do. And then now look at those 20 lineups and go, how do I get this tool to make those exact 20 lineups? And then go through all the settings and go, well, how do I get that? And I looked at, I looked at my 20 lineups. Oh, I've... Uh, I have uh, uh, 12 lineups with uh, Joel Embiid. 
Well, that's 60%. So like you try, go like, oh, I, I want 60% of Joel and B. Okay. So you look at the lineups, it's like, well, my diversity between lineups is, is, is low. I have very similar lineups. They're off by like maybe at most two or maybe three. So you set your uniques down to two. Like you, all, all you're doing is like, how do I get those 20 lineups? Like, how do I program this tool to give me those 20 lines? Now, most likely, you're not going to be able to get it exact. If you did try to do 20 lines, Panville 20, and then try to have the tool build exactly those 20 lines. But you should be close. Right? What's the projection of each lineup? What's the, what's the total ownership of each lineup? There are all these, all these settings that you could jury-rig into getting those lineups. So once, once you're doing that, now you start doing that. You learn how to use the tool to get the lineups that you would have hand-built yourself. But now, instead of it taking four hours for you to build 100 lineups by hand, it'll take it 10 to 15 minutes. Because you, you probably have to run it a couple of times, right? You have to change, oh, I'm getting too much of this and this. This lineup doesn't make sense and what I would never do this. And that's all you're doing. That's all this tool is. So it's like, what settings? Well, what lineups are you making? <laughs> like, I don't know what lineups you're making. I don't know your risk tolerance, right? So like even from a diversification perspective, some people, I'm going to play 10 lineups and I'm going to have the same seven players in all of them and switch out one and just buy, that's my core. I'm going to have a core. I'm going to lock in four guys and then play whatever the optimizer tells me for the, I mean, the, that could, those could be good lineups also. You know how many good, good lineups there could be? Thousands. I could play 20 lineups. You could play 20 lineups. They could look nothing like each other and they could both be profitable sets of lineups. Ah. <sighs> MJ say, says, that's always been my concern. How TF do you get the optimizers a great hand-built type of lineups? I do it. All the sharp players do it. Maybe not all, but that's what I do. Right? On tonight, like, like I mean, we just take a look at tonight's slate, right? I'm going to use our, our projections that we have up there. Oh, they have an update. If I were to hand-build, let's just say I'm hand-building. Typically on a two-game slate, because of unique, I'm playing a large field GPP. Okay, so I want to get contrarian, but I also don't mind a little bit negative correlation because there's only two games, right? So I'm hand right now. I'm going to hand build a lineup in the sidebar. Okay, so I take a look at this. I go. I'm. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people tonight are going to uh, play the late game and wait for news. So let's say I want to build a lineup, not saying it's the best lineup, but a lineup that pretty much avoids that. So I'm going to play Embiid and Harden together. Right? So I'm, I'm kind of stacking the early game because I'm expecting that a lot of people are going to have Jokic and wait to see if Barton and Highland and all those guys are playing. Now we have a lineup that has that also, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just hand building one lineup. So using 
the projections. I'm just looking at the. I could do that. I could do this on my phone. I'm just showing it you in line of HQ. So since I'm playing that game, I got Harden and Embiid. Can I even play Durant? And is that going to be too expensive? Right. Average remaining salary is forty-eight hundred. Kyrie doesn't project as well. So let's take a look at these Brooklyn players. I play Drogic. Okay, there we go. Is Harden shooting? Is Harden eligible at a shooting guard? Okay, so I could pull up, I could play Drogic and then Harden. Okay. Taking a look at Ownership versus projection. Is Tybal going to be that owned? Yeah, I guess Tybal because his small forward is a weak position. I'm going to play Tybal. I had another Philly player, Tragus on Brooklyn. What does power forward look like? Let's take a look at power forward. Like I said, I'm just I'm just hand building. Right, got Kaminga there, got Durant there, Bielitsa, Tybal, Green. Green off the bench. Got Toby Harris. I still want to play more Brooklyn players. Right? I don't think I could afford Durant. If I put Durant in 38-33, that's going to be that's going to be tough. Bruce Brown, could he do well? Seth Curry? Seth Curry revenge, right? Go for that. Projection goes all the way down. I mean, that's just, uh, it's a large field lineup. I guess I could do it. Seth Curry. So let, let's, let's put Seth Curry. I'm going to, now I'm going to have to make it up in projection. Okay. So I got to play maybe a little bit more chalky. So I got Curry, Drogic. I need a power forward. I mean, what if, if I just optimize from here? I got Bielitsa, Seth, uh, uh, Steph Curry. And Looney against Denver. And Bielitsa and Looney. Eh. So going through like that. Let's see. As far as projection goes, what do I need? Because playing Seth Curry at like 2% ownership, but I'm, I'm also giving up like six points in projection. So I probably I probably need to play Looney. I should play Looney in this lineup because the way he projects to make up some of the projection I'm losing by playing Seth Curry. Now I need a power forward and a guard. Is that the Bielitsa Curry lineup? Yeah, I guess so. Bielitsa, if he's going to be 60% owned, play him. What happens if I play Kuminga there in the power forward spot? Who do I get in guard? I get Clay Thompson and I leave a ton of money on the table. So maybe I could maybe I could do that. It's because I have Seth Curry in there. Maybe I don't I, I don't mind the uh, Bielitsa. Yeah, this isn't that bad, right? 265 82 at 365. Okay. So remember these two numbers. I'm gonna save this line. Save this lineup. So we'll add it to my edit by save lineups. Now let me unlock all of this. 
what is what is like the optimal based on our current projections, right? Drogic, Harden, Moody, Bielitsa, Looney, Curry, Kaminga, Jokic. A lot of Golden State. Right, let me save this lineup. Okay, so compare the two. Right, comparing the two. This is 275 at 451. This is 265 at 365. So I'm sacrificing 10 points in projection and I'm getting 80 something points in ownership. And I'm pretty much, you know, avoiding the nuggets completely. Now that could end up burning you, but I mean, with Seth Curry is providing the majority of the leverage in this line. Right. You got Harden here, Drogic, right? Moody and Bielitsa are going to be owned and Kuminga, 52%. I don't have them all. I don't have Moody. I don't have Kuminga. Okay. So this lineup could be, this could let this lineup right down here, lineup one, that could be a good line. From a combination of projection, correlation, and leverage. So now build another lineup. Now build, not now, instead of, of this lineup, you're going to go, okay, can I build a lineup that doesn't include any Warriors in it? Let's see if we could do that. Let's see what the projection and ownership of those lineups look like. Can we, I'm just going to X out, exclude all the Warriors. So what's the best lineup without all the Warriors? Let's just take a look. Drogic, Harden, Tybal, Niang, Embiid, Highland, Green, Jokic. 266 at 322. Just, I'm not going to, regard the fact that maybe I don't play Niang and some of these people together, but I don't mind the negative correlation that much on a short slate. The opportunity cost is low because there's only two, two games. So now I'm going to look at this lineup, right? 322 at two, actually it projects higher and is lower owned. So this lineup could be plus. This is, this, this is a plus EV lineup. Yeah, I'm playing Jokic in this lineup. But I'm also playing 2% own, you know, I'm not, and I'm not playing any of the Warriors. So this, this, could be, this could be a plus EV profitable lineup also. Okay? These lineups look completely different. Yet they both could be long-term profitable, plus EV, positive expected value. They win in different ways, but they'll win more often than, than they don't for their projected their ownership, right? So now let's build a third lineup. So like, you're going to build like 20 of these lineups. Some have this guy. Some don't have this. Can I play these two guys together? What how about Durant lineups? What can I build a plus EV a Durant lineup? Can I build a plus EV Kyrie Irving lineup? Can I build? You can build all of them. Then you build 20. Of them. Then you look and you see your expo and then you go, uh, uh, how, now how do I get, instead of me having to do one by one, I already have my set of 20 lineups. How do I get the, the tool? to just build those lineups close enough for me, right? Is there anything I have to group out? Is there anything I have to group in? If I play Embiid, I, I have to play, no, if I play Durant or Irving, play Embiid in those lineups because it's opposite sides of the same game on a two-game slate. Instead of playing Jokic and Durant or Irving, you figure if Durant or Irving have big games, you know, the 76ers, it goes over, whatever, and Embiid has a good game, or Harden has a good game, right? So you like, if I, since the Nets don't project as well, 
if I use an expensive net, I probably want more Sixers in my lineup. If that's what you want, then pl- plug that in. Build those lineups. You can build those lineups by hand. Right? And once, you've done, once you've done it by hand for two years, coming up with how to build 100 lineups that look like that is not that complicated. It may not, t- it'll take you more than one build. No player just like, oh, I'm putting, I put in 700 settings and then press the button and I'm done. Most of the time I'm rebuilding multiple, numerous times. Because I'm going through, like, did I miss anything? Does this lineup make sense? I'm, I'm scrolling through, just perusing through, like, okay, this doesn't, this, or I'm getting a little too much. Do I want my entire night or do I want 40% of my portfolio to be, you know, reliant on some 6% owned garbage player? And maybe, maybe not. So I, I reduce and I see, okay, can I build lineups that at least rotate through to another garbage player that I need, right? And then you start looking at lineups, you go, okay, I get this lineup, I get this lineup, I get this lineup, and then you're done. But these are just tools. Like all it is, is it's not, it doesn't tell you what to do. You tell it what to do. I'm just going to press a button and build 150 lines. Yeah, you could do that. If you're playing cash games, yeah, sure. You can play any of the top couple of, you know, 10, 20, 30 lineups because they're the highest projected lineups, right? For those projections, you want to put in different projections. It's going to tell you something completely different, right? You, so you start changing the projections and there'll be different lineups, right? You say, oh, I don't, I don't think this guy's going to play that much. I'm going to use some, you don't like our projection. You can use some other sites projection. You can do that also. Maybe you don't like our tool. Maybe you don't want to use lineup HQ. Use some other tool, another optimizer. But you like our projections. Well, okay, then you can just export. Right, here you go. Export the projections from RG and put them into your tool. That's all that is. Right? People always say the word optimizer as if like, oh, it's the optimizer that's doing the work. No, it's not. All it's doing is it's solving a knapsack problem. That's all it is. That's all it is. A knapsack constraint problem. Right, because you're putting in the constraints. That's all it's doing. It doesn't think some guy is a good play. That does, has no brain whatsoever. You see this middle column with fantasy points? That's all it's doing. How do I get as many of those from this column? If you change those numbers in those columns, right? Like, oh, I, I don't want to play. A, it's telling me to play Harden. Well, it's like, well, well, put, put, put Harden's projection at 30 points. Well, I ain't going to tell you to play Harden anymore. I mean, like, like so... So are you talking about the optimizer? Or are you talking about the projections? They're two different things. All right, so people, people go around. Like, oh, I use this, use this tool, use that tool, use this tool. And well, what projections are you using? If you're using the same projections, the tools don't really matter that much. Unless there's specific little feature things that help you make the lineups that you like to make. Right, conditional boosts. There's some nuanced things that people like to do to, to get the optimizer to build the lineups that they would have built by hand anyway. Some people don't need those, some of, some of those little things. Some people don't use them, right? They go into the build rules, they go into some stuff, and it's like, like this whole thing, utility exposure. Like most of the time, I don't even have to use any of these. Most of the time, I don't care. Sometimes I do. There's sometimes there, I want to build too high center, too high. 
Embiid Jokic lineups only. Well, if he wanted to do that, you know, I want to have at least what two of Embiid, Jokic, and Looney. Okay, they're all center only eligible, right? Jokic, Embiid, and Looney. Well, once I add, I have to add them back, right? Because I, I got rid of the Warriors, right? Just kind of Anderson, right? If you want to play, yeah, here's Looney. You could go in and you could set a group like that. Or you could just say, build rules. And you just say, I want 100% exposure to center in the utility. And you're most likely, and I'm going to remove all the other centers, right? I remove all the other centers from my pool. I just have Jokic and Beaton Looney. Well, you're going to get lineups that have two or three. You didn't, I didn't have to make a group. Because that would do it. But I, or I could not use that and I could make a group. Like you could do, I don't want lineups that have, uh, have, have, have uh, three 60 plus percent owned guys. Well, you could set a max for your total lineup ownership. You could set a group, uh, a custom rule for that. You could, there's, depending on thinking of what is the lineup I want to build? What do I have to do? What do I have to program in in order to get that one? That's the way to think about it rather than, I don't know what lineups I want to build. What settings should I use to have it spit out lineups that are good? That's the wrong way. To, that's, how, that's how most people think about it. And that's why they use tools and they go, I don't know why I'm losing money all the time. Then I take a look at sometimes at some of their lineups and I go, yeah, I can see how you're losing money. You're building horrible lineups. Yeah, but I put in this and I put in that and I had 50% of this guy and I had 10% of that guy and I had three unique players. I said, so? Did you look at the actual lineups you were building? It's like, yeah, some of these lineups are decent and some of these lineups are like 37 points projected lower for the contest that you, I mean, like, like they're 37 points lower and, or, and they're too high owned or something. And then you have some lineups that it's like, why did you build 10 cash lineups for large field GPPs? Like the, none of the players look bad. None of these lineups like look like, oh, like they have bad plays in it. It's just that how do you expect to beat 30,000 people by playing essentially a double up? Right, you have too many of those types of lineups, and then you have lineups at the bottom, where it's like, oh, you're playing. Yes, you're playing none of the chalk. That congratulations, right? You're playing seven, three percent on guys, and your projection is fifty points below everyone. How do you expect to win with that line? That lineup sucks. But if you looked at your exposures, you'd be like, well, my I'm playing seventy percent of this guy and twenty percent of that guy, and then but the lineups you, you have a hundred lineups and none of them are good. <laughs> all all the percentages work out, right? I'm twice the field on this guy. Yeah, but all those lineups suck. So who cares? What does it matter? But no one no one ever takes me up. People people want people want to they don't want to do the work. They don't want to they don't want to understand the concepts. They don't want to do anything. What settings, what settings do you plug in? There's no such thing as set. There's no magic settings. There's no nothing. Learn the concepts of the games and then build lineups. And then if you want to scale that, then you use a tool like this. You go, oh, okay. I want to be able to build 20 lineups in four minutes. 20 lineups that I would want to play in four minutes. Well, you have to learn what lineups do you want first. That's what you need to learn first. And you get to learn that type of stuff with the theory of daily fantasy sports. 
It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. I'll teach you. It's like a seminar. All the concepts I was talking about today, that's in the course, right? What separates expert DFS players from average ones? Right? Average DFS players focus on selecting the best individual plays to build a lineup. Expert DFS players select plays based on the context of the full lineup and the contest it's entered in. Yeah. So here's the table of contents. Here's everything. I'll talk you through it. Right? Theoryofdfs.com. Go pick it up. Uh, a crunch time later today for, for the, the two-game NBA slate. Uh, remember, I will, I will not be on tomorrow. Don't show up here. There won't be a thumbnail. There won't be a, you won't even be able to get it. So that's why it's not here. So I'm not doing a show. I got a dentist appointment. And uh, if you join the, the premium uh, premium subscription for Roto-Grinders, rotogrinders.com slash premium, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Uh, I'll be doing a coaching call tonight in, in, in my, my, uh, my, my branded channel, Blender's Game Theory. It's in our Discord. Uh, I do a Zoom call, private coaching with people. And we're doing that tonight, right? Tonight, 10 o'clock, uh, 10, 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock Eastern time, right? I, I, I like doing it on slates where it's like, well, there's not much work. There's not much work I'm doing, right? It's a two-game slate. How much work is there? So we could do it in the middle. So 8 o'clock tonight, if you're part of uh, Roto-Grinders Premium, if you're a premium subscriber, you're part of the Discord, you'll see a Zoom link posted there. And uh, yeah. And I'm, I will not be here tomorrow, but I will be back Monday, 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 as usual, answering most of your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.